Welcome to The Climb, the podcast where we conquer our inner mountains. I'm Natasha Wallstra, your host and guide on this transformative journey. This show is brought to you by the Inner Mountain Foundation, inspired by the work of Diane Wong, empowering women everywhere to stand up, speak out, and make a difference. Every episode, we explore a theme related to personal growth and empowerment, drawing on the experiences and insights of extraordinary women. This isn't just a listening experience. It's a call to action, an invitation to grow, and a journey of discovery. So are you ready to embark on today's climb? Let's begin. Dr. Noor, welcome. I, we have so much to talk about today, but first, I love how we met. I think it's a really great story um, that showcases just um, taking initiative and putting yourself out there. You know, things don't just happen by luck or chance, and I just think it was a really cool thing. So I'm going to tell that really quickly. Um, so we're both part of a community called Entrepreneista, and you had posted... Um, on one of the channels and looking to be more on podcasts, a guest. And naturally, of course, I thought you'd be a great fit for the climb. At the time, though, I didn't really have any collateral or website to show with you. So I figured, why don't we jump on a call and see if there is a vibe? Um, we spoke, and not only was it clear that you'd be a great podcast guest, I learned that you could help me with my health insurance transition being um, a new business owner, but also that you have this really great Think Like a Woman community which had an upcoming event, um, which three weeks later, we got to meet in real life in Miami. <laughs> and so, you know, none of that would have happened had you not taken that initiative and posted in that community. Opportunities don't just show up on your door, you have to create them. And you doing that and taking that initiative, I just thought was so cool. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Natasha. First of all, so much for having me and engaging in this conversation. It's such a privilege to be here chatting with you. And it's interesting when you were sharing that story, I thought you meant the initiative was taken by you. I didn't think you were referring to me. And I was going to commend you for um, taking the initiative even. And I think your introduction was more like, you know, I I'm not really all that set up. I don't have a whole lot to show. Uh, but let's let's hop on a call. And I thought that was the initiative you're referring to. That was so excellent uh, to still, you know, reach out, even though, uh, you, you know, it wasn't everything wasn't all set up and perfect, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I think afterwards, too, you said that a lot of people had responded to you, but I was one of the only ones, too, that wanted to chat first and see like, Hey, like, yeah. are we a good fit? Does this work? Shall we continue this conversation? So that was kind of that fun. Was really um, and we got to meet in real life. Yes. And that was so wild because that was, I don't think either of our intention was, was that to begin with. But like you said, when you feel like a vibe, a connection, a pull, um, you know, my belief system is the universe makes it really easy. You know, there's so many logistics yeah. involved. There was, you know, a cost, there was travel, there was planning and you made it all happen in, in just a matter of a few weeks. So all of that happening so easily is to me a clear sign that it was meant to happen. It was meant to happen for yeah. sure. I mean, the, we were just like, oh my gosh, no way. We're, it's perfect timing. Let's yeah. go. I'm going to bring my mentor. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> that was great. So that was cool. So I do want to talk more about that event and the Think Like a Woman community. But before we dive into that, you do have a very unique background and I'd love to learn more about who is Dr. Noor. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, my background is, uh, my educational background is internal medicine and general surgery. So by education, I'm a clinical doctor 
but I'm not um, practicing medicine and surgery um, as much now. Uh, I have several businesses, which I'm focusing on. I'm a mother of an almost four-year-old, so motherhood and family takes up a, a, a whole lot of my time. But ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be a doctor and my whole family knew like, you know, okay, that's her career trajectory. And that's all I knew. So um, I, I, I was fast tracked into this track towards medicine. I skipped undergrad. I did a six year accelerated dual degree program in internal medicine and general surgery. And it was just like, well, this is it. This is who she's supposed to be. Um, but, you know, things didn't pan out and there was a, a big, some big life changes where I had to move back from my home country back to the States. And I couldn't practice medicine the way that I had planned. And my entire world crumbled because it felt like I was, you know, on this trajectory since I was a little girl. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I didn't see a path. I didn't know a way. There was so much cloudiness and uncertainty in front of me. I held on to this dream since childhood and I just didn't see any other way Um, until like a little bit of like light and, and, you know, like a little ray of sunshine poked through the clouds and said, well, what about personal branding? What about, you know, paving your own path? And what about this? And at that time in my life, I needed a win so bad. I was just like down and out. I didn't know what to do with my life and my career. I just kind of held on to that ray of sunshine and I just like pulled it out of me. And it was like, you know, this, I talk about this a lot, like this light inside of us and the light is there, but oftentimes it gets dimmed or it gets dulled because of external factors because of the thing, the stories that we tell in our heads because of depression, because of, you know, our influences around us, but the light is always there. And when you have an opportunity to let that light shine bright, I feel like that's when the, the clouds clear and, you know, the fogginess goes away. So, (laughs) you know, I, I pulled myself out of that situation. And since then it's been about five years, I've built several businesses and it seems like all of my worries and stresses and tensions about, um, you know, leaving that clinical career, it seems like so far away now. That is so impressive and such a like change in trajectory too. How did you start that entrepreneurial journey? Like what was, do you remember like the moment where you're like, I'm going to do my own thing versus working for someone else? Like what was that spark, that light that started to shine? So I was in um, a sales environment, which was very, um, you know, different for me. I come from like a pure science, medical science background. I have several, you know, higher degrees, all in medical sciences and public health sector. So being put from, you know, heavy science to a pure sales environment, I was really thrown off of my game. But when I was in that environment, I come from a very different background than my peers. So when I was looking around at them, you know, I I saw my my perspective, my lens was very, very different. And what I saw was that there's another way to do everything that you guys are doing. And I felt like I knew that other way. The key to that other way was me. I am different. You know, how do I Mm. bring what I bring to the table, but then showcase it to the entire world? And personal branding was really the answer. Uh, was, well, you can be yourself, you can be authentic, you can do the things that they're doing, but do it your way. Yeah, there's so much I can talk for hours and hours on personal branding, because there is just so much power in your expertise in a way that not only do people want to work with you, but they're also more inclined to refer you and talk about you to other people, right? So from your personal branding journey, that led you to healthcare consulting or what was that next path? Right. So I was in a, 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 you know, direct sales environment and health insurance sales. The, the uniqueness, what I brought to my, to the table was my clinical background, right? I can evaluate, I can do health assessments. I can evaluate risk, medical risk in a matter of seconds, right? Whereas it could take my colleague like 
minutes and Googling and researching and whatever, they might not understand the lingo. So that's what I brought to the table. And what I did was I, you know, basically took that background, built it into my personal brand. And what I do now is health insurance consulting, but I just weave in my medical background and expertise into that. And that's what I've been doing for about five years. And you do a really great job with it because it is scary, especially as you go off on your own as a, you know, a first time entrepreneur, business owner, and you don't know how to navigate the healthcare nightmare that we have here in the US, especially, Um, you know, you really um, walk people through it. And because of your expertise and how you showcase it on the internet and on your social channels and such, I felt so much more comfortable navigating that whole process. Thank you so much. Well, that's my goal and to make you feel safe and comfortable and that you're in, you know, good trusted hands. So thank you so much, Natasha. So from there, I know that also led to your community. Can you tell us more about Think Like a Woman? Yeah, of course, of course. So in my health insurance consulting practice, you know, when I started out, it was like, well, I can help anyone and everyone, any small business owner in the, on the World Wide web in America, I can help you. And I didn't enjoy that because in order for me to, to do well in business, I had to reach out, you know, reach a mass volume to get the kind of business that I wanted. Um, and then after I had um, a baby during COVID in 2020, I realized I didn't have the time and capacity to do business the way that I've been doing. I didn't have the time to do all of that outreach to get the level of business that I needed to, to live and operate my life. So I had to I had to do things differently. I had to bend time. I had to create time. And I had to figure out who do I enjoy working with? Because if I'm you know, not getting enough sleep as an infant mother and struggling at home and I'm struggling at work, I'm going to break. I'm going to absolutely collapse and break. So in order for me to maintain myself, my integrity and still be a functioning human, I had to really ask myself the questions of how do I operate better in my business to be more efficient, to to increase maxima, increase and maximize productivity in the limited time that I have, because now my time is cut in half. I have a baby to take care of. Um, and also, who do I enjoy working with? What conversations don't feel like sales calls, but they feel like I'm bonding with my prospect and we're just like, you know, taking from a problem and going to a solution. And when I did that exercise and asked myself those questions, I realized I really want to work with more people like me um, who are mothers, who are business owners, who don't have a lot of time, who have these shared values and these shared challenges So when we're on the phone, we're just like laughing rather than talking about business. Um, And that led to me really honing my business down to work with female founders because they get it. You know, I don't have to spell out my challenges or, or what my day looks like. Our days actually look exactly the same. So once I started working with female founders uh, and they're all over the country, so my calls, my, my work days, what they look like is I'm having these incredible conversations with female founders all over the country. And they're so capable And it seems so silly to me because what's holding them back from actualizing their dreams and their full potentials is health insurance. And to them, it's like a really big (laughs) deal, right? And to me, I'm like, that's what's holding you back? Like that's that's what I do. Uh, But to them, it's it's this big problem. It's this mountain of a problem that they cannot surmount and it's holding them back from, from their dreams. So I'm like, oh gosh, well, if, if Natasha from South Carolina would just meet, you know, Melissa from, from New York and they would get to know each other and their businesses would boom. How do I bring together all of these incredible women that I'm meeting every day that are so capable, that are so powerful, but held back by like tiny things like health insurance, right? And that's what led to, to think like a woman. And I thought, well, how do I bring them together? And, and what is different about think like a woman? We can talk about a little about that too, but um, the intimacy and 
you know, safety in a small, intimate environment was was a key factor. But that's what started Think Like a Woman is I wanted to bring together the clients, these incredible women that I'm speaking to every day that are so passionate, so capable, so amazing. I just wanted to bring them together in a room. Yeah, that is so incredible because it's not just about the digital community and Slack channel that we have, you actually brought us together at a round table in a city that's not where all of us are from (laughs) to connect and talk and actually build a relationship. So how did, was that always part of how you envision Think Like a Woman? Yes. So one the first thing I thought about was, well, how do I want to bring them together, virtual or in real life? And at that time, we're all just coming out of COVID and, you know, the real, the magic happens in real life. You cannot sense or feel someone's energy um, virtually as much as in person. I mean, I, Natasha, I could argue my own point here that we send each other energies uh, <laughs> virtually and we made it happen, but it's just more powerful in person. You know, I think we can right. agree on that. Um, so that was one thing. I wanted it to be in person. Uh, the other second concept is I wanted it to be over a round table. And that was very, very important to me that everybody makes eye contact to to get that level of trust and safety because there's new people here that people you've never met before. How do you feel safe in a, in a space with, with new people. So that round table was very important to me. And in terms of location, I built this brand also around like, what is it that I want? I want to travel to new cities and meet new people. Um, so having the cities <laughs> was, was just maybe a selfish thing for me, but I, again, I have clients all over the country. So I wanted to be, make this event accessible to them. This wasn't about me. This was about bringing it to, to other people and connecting other people. So those were some of the original thoughts. Um, and I thought about, um, what what could potentially bring people together? I also love fine dining and really good food. So I thought about brunch as being the only meal that's really slow and relaxed where women really bond over a great slow meal. Um, there's drinks, there's good mm-hmm. food. So those are some of the initial concepts that led to designing this event. Yeah, it is. It, that's so fabulous. It's just something so unique too, because again, there is a rise of community building, but I think adding in that in real life, uh, connection just makes it so much more unique and powerful, mm-hmm. right? And that relationship that you walk away with also just feels, I don't know if sustainable is the right word, but it just feels like something that's like has more yeah. depth maybe. Although again, of course, I've, we've, I've built some great friends sure. over the internet, so I don't want to discount having digital connections as well. So once you are part of the Think Like a Woman uh, community, you then become an empresaria. Yeah. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that I just kind of like made up with this company. You know, uh, it's just just things that are in my head. And I'm like, you know what? This this is the power of, of having your own company and building. I could do whatever the heck I want. So an empresaria is a term that I made up. Um, I came across it once on the internet for empresario, which really re- refers mm. to like a male merchant or an a, you know entrepreneur really who solves a problem. And, and I took it to the next level. I said, well, what's the feminine version of that? Okay, empresaria. <laughs> um, and it's really someone who create something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And that's really what I believe every woman brings to the table. A woman at a boardroom or a table, you know, metaphysical table, what they bring to the table, their experiences, you know, being a mother, being a partner, managing a household and managing a business. I feel that that unique perspective is unlike what any anyone else can bring to the table. Um, so that's really what an empresaria is, is someone who creates and builds something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Oh, I love that. It's just so catchy too. Yeah, <laughs> so has a nice ring to it. So speaking of all the different things that women bring to the table, right? You 
wear multiple hats. You're the community building, you're healthcare consulting, you've got a product, consumer product line coming out soon, I think, several other things. Like, how do you do it? How do you bend time, like you said? Yeah. Um, Compartmentalizing is huge, you know, and this is really hard. This was hard for me to do uh, in the beginning. So what I do have is dedicated times and days for working on my businesses. So for health insurance consulting, which is my you know more mature business, I work on that three days a week. Um, I I leverage the power of systems and automations a lot, a lot, a lot. I make sure that I automate before I delegate. So doing that audit work is really important to me for all of my businesses. Streamlining it to make sure: am I able to automate, systematize, automate, uh, delegate if I can? Um, and then on the days that I, that are dedicated for that business, I'm only working on that business. It's very easy to me to just, you know, roll over to this monitor and click on that tab and check an inbox for my other business on that day. But I, I stop myself. I don't do it because if I do that, I'll get, you know, derailed in my focus and, and maybe not do what I was supposed to do for, uh, you know, my other business that day. So that was really hard for me. So that's what I, one thing I learned compartmentalizing using systems and automations, Um, The other thing is just focusing very heavily on the task at hand. Again, it's very easy to get distracted and do this and that, but I start my day. I make sure that I have a plan for what I want to get done. I have my focus items. I have my non-negotiables that are like, do not leave your desk until you complete these items. And that's what I focus on. Everything else gets deprioritized. I also use tools like the Eisenhower matrix, which is a quadrant, which is great for my ADHD brain, which helps me to prioritize. Um, and mindfulness, being really mindful at the task at hand. So when I'm spending time with my family, it's, it's family time. I don't have my phone near me. I don't have my computer. I'm not running to check my inbox. So having that dedicated, you know, mindfulness practice has also helped me to get things done more efficiently. Wow, that's a lot of tips. <laughs> so how how is this like the systems, the processes, like prioritizing mindfulness? Like, is this something that you've been developing as you go or how I, I can't imagine you just started your businesses and you've been able no, to do it yeah. from the get-go like what has been that process and what sort of struggles or obstacles have you faced in during this time yeah um, I'll talk about the challenges because for sure they, they I didn't all of a sudden get here it was a lot of trial and error it was a lot of screwing up and then having to be like okay you need to fix this you need to figure this out you're burnt out like what can we do about it so I'll talk about some of the challenges I, ha- I really had a hard time with and one was um, hiring the wrong people at the wrong time and not having the courage to let them go, even when I knew that they were, they mm. were hindering my growth. Um, so that was one thing. So in the beginning, I started out with some offshore assistance and help. Um, and there was such a big culture gap that I, I was spending more time explaining how to do things right rather than actually getting the thing done. Um uh, and then there were some items that I could have potentially automated before I delegated to that offshore assistant. So that's what I learned as well. Um, and it's interesting because at this stage of my business, I have no assistant at all because I've learned to systematize and automate before I delegate. Um, so that was one thing I learned. Um, what else did I learn? The Eisenhower matrix is actually new. I, I struggled really with prioritizing tasks because there's so many, like the to-do list is never ending for all of us, right? We all have so much stuff to do. And my brain would really struggle with what do I start with first? And when I'm overwhelmed Mm. with a heavy inbox or a lot of tasks, I just shut down and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not doing anything. And I just get paralyzed. So using that matrix to help me prioritize by urgency and importance and time sensitivity was really helpful. 
and I use Post-its to um, batch task batching. So here's an, a few examples. I have Ooh, them right here. I like that. So I basically <laughs> create Post-its of you know, tasks in, in a section. So for example, if my social media manager says, Noor, I need this, this, and this from you, I'm going to make a Post-it of everything that I owe her, you know, prioritize according to time sensitivity and get it all done at once rather than address two emails and then two later, I just task batch. Wow. That's a really good day. I love post-its. I just yeah. don't I seem to use them very often. So that's, that's a good way of maybe doing it. I just don't know how to yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, thinking about, you know, when you mentioned burnout, I know that, uh, self-care is something very, you know, that is a priority of yours. What is your self-care routine? What does your self-care routine look like? And, um, how do you make sure that that fits into your schedule as well? Yes. Um, that's a great question. And self-care is another word for, for boundaries. I just want to be very clear on that. Mm. If you are burnt out, it's because you're not clear on your boundaries or you're too flexible with your boundaries. The reason self-care is so important to me is because I have to show up so on point for everything, for my businesses, for my clients, they expect a level of service and I operate at a level of integrity and service. So I want to make sure that I'm showing up as that. And same for my family, right? My my child wants 100% of my attention. He doesn't want me distracted and he doesn't deserve a distracted me. So the only way that I can deliver those things is if I'm well-nourished, well-fed, you know, rested. So that is really what self-care means. And the way that I can do that is to define those boundaries that if someone is encroaching my boundary, I can say, well, actually that is the line and you're either getting close or you're about to cross it. So I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to say no. Um, and I can share some tips on how to say no, but what self-care means to me is very, very personal. And the message that I want to give is you need to do this exercise to understand what are the things that make you feel happy, joyful, and rested. For me, that's getting at least eight hours of sleep a day. That's doing reading. I love reading fiction before I go to bed. And that's slow skincare. Those are the three things that I've identified are important to me. So I make sure I get those things in because when I do those things, I'm happy. And if I'm happy and I'm rested, my clients and my family is happy. So the, I, this, I just want to be clear. This doesn't mean you should be, you know, sleeping more than you are or doing hurry and beauty skincare <laughs> routine or reading. It's whatever, like you need to identify what those things are for you and make time to do them. And what's so important about that too is, is self-care isn't selfish at all, right? You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of anyone, everyone else around you, right? For sure. For sure. Because how can you, it's just, it doesn't even make sense. Like if you're a broken machine, if you're weak, if you're cranky, if you're hungry, how can you possibly take care of anyone else? You can't, you're not even functioning yourself. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I, I'm hoping it seems like that hustle culture that we've been living in for so long, I feel like not that we're necessarily slowing down, but we are prioritizing self-care and boundaries. Um, so actually going back to how to say no to boundaries, I'd love to hear your tips on no two things yeah. in the boundary the section. The first yeah. step in how to say no to things is you have to know what your boundaries are. Because if mm. you don't know them, you will not know when they're being crossed. So there's no opportunity <laughs> for you to say no. Um, so for me, my boundaries are, you know, when I'm, uh, a very simple one is I don't check or do emails from my phone. And my husband laughs at this because he's a you know big corporate professional and he's pretty much married to his inbox and he's always checking <laughs> emails. It's the first thing he checks when he opens his eyes. And you know what I mean? Like, like he gets those email mm -hmm. notifications, but that's a Sounds boundary. Sounds familiar to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a boundary for me, right? And, and I have to know that. So when I, if someone sends an email, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to check it until I'm at my desk. 
And a way that I've communicated that is in my email signature, I clearly state that I am at my desk on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm. That's when you can expect a response from me. Um, another tip that I do, and I learned this from the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss is I'm mm. not, um, like I don't do voicemails and I don't, you know, respond to them very well. So in my voicemail, uh, recording, I clearly state that if you want my attention, you'll have to send a text or an email because I'm not going to check or respond to your voicemail. Yeah. So again, because I know those things about myself, it's easy for me to communicate them and then be clear on them. But if I didn't know you know, if I'm about these habits of mine, I I can't even communicate it. So those are some simple, easy ways to communicate it. I do it with my email signature and I do it on my voicemail recording. No, those are really great pieces of advice for that. Um, it's funny, Tim Ferriss has helped me a lot with like my productivity space. He says, um, am I being productive or am I just being active? And I found myself being active a lot. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can only do activity on here that is productive because otherwise I'm aimlessly scrolling and which is just too easy to do on social platforms in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any uh, productivity tips outside of like the systems and process? Is there anything specific you do that helps you stay on task and focused? Yeah. When I focus, it's like setting the intention of what I'm about to do before I'm mm-hmm. about to do it. You know? So if I'm like, Hey, I got to like clean up this inbox, right? I got to respond to these emails. My next hour, I'm just going to do emails. I promise not to get distracted. I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm not going to check another tab, you know? So setting that intention is helpful uh, because I, I, it happens to me. It happens to all of us, right? To get distracted really easily. So before you start a task, put that intention out there. Like, this is what I'm about to do. Focus. Yeah. Do it. Don't get up <laughs> until you do it. <laughs> Yeah. It's so tough because like, there's so many things we're doing all at once. Our attention span has gone down to like seven seconds or something like that. I mean, it's probably a little bit more or less actually. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There's a great, um, uh, a book by it's called the one thing by, um, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And that's where I learned that our, our brains operate like computers, right? Just like a processor for your computer. We can actually only process one task and one thing at a time. So the faster your computer is, it's really assessing how fast can you switch between tasks, right? Task Mm. switching. But as humans, when we task switch, there's a gap. There's a lag that takes your attention from switching from one thing, one task to another task. So if you can focus on doing one thing at a time, you can actually increase productivity. I need to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So going back to Think Like a Woman, I would love to hear what you see, where you envision it going. Like, what is the future of the community? Yeah, thank you. Um, I often get asked uh, from attendees and other people who are familiar with the concept is, you know, do you, are you, how big do you want it to get? And my answer is always the same. I do not want it to get bigger than the intimate space that I've created because then the safety goes away. The sacredness goes away. So what I envision is, is more frequent, uh, events, more hosting of these smaller roundtable events, but not never like, uh, you know, more at, at a time, because I think that takes away from the concept of it. Um, and what I envision for the community as a whole is, is a really unabashed way to collaborate and not be afraid of self-promotion. Um, I think as women, that's something that we struggle with a lot. And I experience it in my own community when I clearly state that this is a community and space for self-promotion. I want you to talk about what you do. I want you to share your gifts, talk about your offers. What can you do for other people? Um, and still, you know, women feel hesitant to do that, even though I've created this space to do that. Um, so <laughs> it's, I think there's a lot of work that we all have to do internally to get to that space, but I want to start off by by building a platform 
to get women into the habit of self-promotion and talking about how far they've come and how we can help each other get to our next levels. It's just one of those things like, no, but this is something we want to support you, yeah. right? And this is your expertise. Like, let's be there for each other and promote each other, right? It's yeah. not just about um, yourself and your product. It's It goes both ways typically too. And so I love that you're putting, creating that space for it specifically. So there isn't that, oh no, like I don't want to like step on toes or anything, right? I think it's, it's wonderful you're putting that together. As you know, the Intermountain Foundation is, we're just starting the community aspect of it and going to be growing it this year since with all the success you've had with think like a woman and where you're taking it, what sort of advice do you have for an organization like us? Um, as we're, you know, in the beginning phases of building our community. Oh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm honored by this question because I myself, am so inspired by Intermountain um, and Diane and everything that, you know, you guys are working on building. And like, I, I get goosebumps every time I think about all of the the literature, her work out there, and I was reviewing some of it as well. And you mentioned something, Natasha, at my event that that still kind of like rings in my ears, which is that we all have this inner mountain inside of us. And when you think about how expansive that is, like I'm all like when I say that out loud, I'm I almost like draw back, like oh my gosh, like there's so much power inside of me, uh, and and do I even know it? Have I even had the opportunity to actualize it, let alone share it with the world? So. I just think there's so much power in that community and, you know, what you guys are trying to build. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm the right person to, to give advice for that because I'm the one who's drawing inspiration from it. Uh, but really, when you're starting with building a community, I think having faith in yourself first is so important because yeah. that is what is going to draw other people to that center point, right? If you don't mm. believe in yourself, your mission, what you're trying to grow and build, how can anyone else believe in you and join that? Um, so it seems a little counterintuitive because what you're trying to grow is this way, a network and a community, but really what you need to focus on first is just the core of it. Who is at the core? What is at the core? Is the core strong? And I think if the core is strong, it'll just naturally blossom and draw in the right people who resonate with the message. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love that. Our team is going to really appreciate that as well. Well, Dr. Nord, this has been absolutely wonderful having you on here. And I'm so glad to that we connected first in that channel and that yeah. we met in real life and here you are on the climb. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience? And also how can we connect with you outside of this? Sure. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for this opportunity, Natasha. I've been very like looking forward to this. I'm so glad that we we're able to connect and do all this. Um, thank you for coming into my world and everything that you've you know provided for me. Um, I'm a very social person. I'm active on social media. So you guys can find me on my websites. Um, if I can be a resource for your health insurance, you can learn more at drnorhealth.com. That's D-R-N-O-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Uh, it all starts with you know a 15-minute consultation with me so we can get started there. If you're interested and curious about Think Like a Woman, you can learn more about that brand at thinklikeawoman.co. Um, again, find me on Instagram. You can follow my life along in stories. It's quite entertaining. So I'd love to it is. Uh, say hello <laughs> I love and it. connect with you there. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much, Dr. Norm. We'll be in touch very soon, I'm sure. 